love that song. Uh, really a call to come and see Jesus for who he really is. And that is the meaning of this season. It's so easy to lose that there is a meaning. And we often lose it in really good things, actually, like family and rest and getting refreshed and celebrating the year behind us and looking forward to the year ahead. And all those are, are wonderful things. But Ramp Church, for you and I, I don't want to miss the genuine meaning inside of all the blessings that God has given us. So my heart today is to even help bring light to, to some of that. And that's exactly the theme that I'm talking on today is light and Jesus as the light of the world. So if you're brand new to faith, maybe you're just exploring, this is a great couple minutes for you to join us. And we're really thankful that you would spend the next few minutes with us as a church family. We love to come around uh, the, the message of Jesus, the person of Jesus as a church family. So let me read some scripture that's really going to get us started here at Ramp Church. And that's from John chapter number one. And we're going to read, starting in verse number one, we're going to read down through verse 18, and we're going to skip a couple verses uh, in between those two. So let, let me read this to you. In the beginning, the word already existed. Now, John likes to call Jesus the word. So in the beginning, Jesus already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Say light. And the light shines in the darkness. We see that parallel now that John's brought in light and darkness, light and darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human. There's Christmas right, right, right there in a phrase. The word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, from his abundance, we've all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God, Jesus, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. I remember as a kid, I grew up, my childhood was in Houston, Texas, which um, is hot year round. We have two seasons, um, hot and really hot. So when it comes to winter time and Christmas season, there's not much wintry about it. But there was one memory that I remember every year we used to do. There was a neighborhood near us that, I don't know, as a kid, you don't really know how this stuff happens, but the whole neighborhood decides to decorate for Christmas. And I don't just mean like a Christmas tree like we have here. I mean entire Christmas scenes in their front gardens. So they had huge gardens. 
and there would be reindeer, Santa, um, there would be whole manger scenes with Jesus, and it, it got so extravagant that there would actually be times where they would open it up to the general public and advertise. You can drive through and see the way all of these gardens have been decorated for Christmas. So I remember as a kid climbing in the car, so excited to go see the Christmas lights. And when you came to the neighborhood, there's literally a queue of cars waiting and slowly driving through the entire neighborhood. Now, it obviously took every single house to kind of get organized about this. But something that never dawned on me uh, as a kid, because I so love the experience, that's kind of dawned on me since is, we actually never, as a family, went into extravagant decorations. Now, we had a tree, and we did kind of the, the simple, most basic kind of idea of a Christmas, but we never went that far uh, to, to actually decorate something that we could enjoy every single day. And I think there is actually a lesson in this when we approach the meaning of Christmas, because it's one thing to enjoy light from a distance, but it's another thing to let the light into your home. And I think for us in the meaning of Christmas, we're at this place where it's one thing to reveal, to see Jesus revealed, to, to learn about it in scripture, and to view it as a faith that some people have, a reality that maybe some people have. But it's a totally different reality where when I let that light into my own life. And a lot of times we think about light and darkness, we think about it as darkness being evil. It, you know, it's sin, these kind of biblical, like, like epic ideas. But the Bible actually uses darkness often to talk about more the idea of ignorance. Like we, we, we can't figure out the path through life. Uh, I'm not really sure how to understand certain areas of meaning or identity or belonging. I really can't see clearly purpose. I think all of us, every single person, no matter our social status, our education, uh, where we came from, uh, our ethnic, our ethnicity, every single person can identify with those searches, the search for belonging, the search for identity, the search for meaning and purpose. And the Bible is really speaking into, when it talks about light coming into the world, it's not just talking about a purity, a moral purity. It's also talking about making, um, making what seems hazy and dark now clear. It's the idea of Jesus and coming, Jesus coming to, to say, this is who you really are. This is your true identity. This is the purpose for which I spoke you into existence about. And this is the way to, to, to guide you through life to find flourishing, to find abundant life. And who wouldn't want to be on that journey? And so we, we have a, a service tomorrow morning as well where we're going we're gonna to take communion together. Um, we're going to read um, the Christmas story for our, for our families that are part of the Ramp Church community. We're going we're gonna to sing a, a song together as well. So I want to encourage you to come to that. But this message is really about preparing our hearts to receive the coming of the light of God. And so it's amazing because many people say about God, Maybe you're exploring faith, and, uh, and, and often people who are exploring faith say, you know, if God would just, just reveal himself to me, just in an obvious way, I would believe. That's what it would take. Uh, I, I, until that happens, I can't see myself believing. And I think my response to that would be, well, I, I don't know if I would be quite so sure about your response to him revealing. And how do I know that? Because when Jesus did come, 
the response wasn't quite so conclusive. It, it, there were many people who he was revealed to, as John just says, one of Jesus's early followers, John just wrote about Jesus that he came, but many didn't even recognize him. I, I think sometimes recognizing Jesus is maybe a bit more difficult than, than we first imagine. You know, it's amazing to think about Jesus's life and the miracles that he did. I mean, that's astonishing to, to, to look back in the way that, that history records the amazing works he did. But to me, what's even more amazing are the people that he, that he didn't do miracles for, that he didn't heal. And his early followers record some of those. And one of probably the most significant is when he went back to his hometown. Uh, at this point, his ministry was flourishing. It was huge. Um, the crowds were so large when he would preach that they'd have to go out into the countryside um, and find an elevated place so thousands could gather to hear his, his wisdom and his teaching ministry, but also to receive needs in, in their body, miracles and healing. But when he went back to his hometown, his early followers record a, a much different experience. They, they don't say that he healed in mass. Actually, it said that he just healed a few people. He just did a few miracles. And then they, then they say the reason. The reason was because the people from his hometown couldn't get over the fact that this is the Jesus they'd seen grow up. That they, they, they just, the, the, he was being revealed, but they just couldn't recognize him. They couldn't recognize his true identity, that he was somebody that carried the very nature of God. Actually, John would say he was God. Jesus said, I am God, and I'm revealing what has been invisible. I'm revealing that to you. So we know that sometimes God can be standing right in front of us, but we don't recognize what's standing right there. And this is really the principle that I want to, to, to give you today, and then I'm going to give us kind of some, some ways that we can posture ourselves to really receive the gift that, that God's sending in this Christmas season. And that is, that is this principle. Seeing starts with wanting. Seeing starts with wanting. Uh, th there's sometimes we, we, we're saying we want to see something, but in actuality, on a heart level, maybe we, we don't really, really want to see the thing we're searching for. And I, I want to tell you, don't let the familiarity of Christianity, don't let the fact that there are church buildings that have been here for centuries just down the, the street, or maybe it's a hymn that you, you hear just on the radio playing, the familiarity with things that, that point to Christianity, don't let that miss the person of Jesus that perhaps he's standing right in front of you today. The true meaning of Christmas is the God who has been hidden has now been revealed. And much of the Old Testament is the story of Israel who God had revealed himself in power to. The, the story of Israel then trying to live a life fully given to Jesus. And then in the New Testament, we see the story of Jesus, of God coming as Jesus, then to reveal himself in human form. And I just love that because he's trying to make the distant thing near. He's trying to make this powerful thing human so that we could relate, so that we could know him and that we could realize we need what you have. Seeing starts with wanting. And that, that leads me to the first thing that I just want to encourage you 
to really prepare ourselves here on Christmas Eve for Christmas Day. Yes, the family and friends and the amazing food part, but more than that, God wants to send something into your house. He wants to send the revelation of who Jesus is. And I want to help. This is what I want to do. I want to kind of be like a divine chiropractor where I can help set your posture to properly receive what God wants to reveal to you, to properly see what God wants to reveal to you. And to do that, it's going to take three different posture changes. And those are to rec- I want you to recognize, I want you to remove, and I want you to reply. Recognize, remove, uh, and reply. And I'm going to dive into those. The first thing is I want you to recognize your longing. The first reason I think we often miss the person of Jesus is because we don't, we forget that we, we actually have a longing on the inside. And we've often tried to fill that longing with other things. Recognize your longing. Um, King Solomon, or, or he wrote a, a lot of ancient literature. One, one of the, the books that he wrote is called Ecclesiastes. And, and he said this, he said, he, he highlights how God has actually written eternity, it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, into our hearts. And I think what he's getting at there is he's trying to highlight the, the human condition is we long for something that this world can't satisfy. We long for something. And then he spent chapters, King Solomon sent chapters um, unpacking that idea. But he also showed all the ways that we try to fulfill and satisfy that longing. And this is what he said, when you try to satisfy that longing with anything but God, it's like chasing after the wind. That's the phrase he used. And man, if you've tried to satisfy that longing with maybe success, um, with maybe more money, with maybe a brand name or a certain car, a certain emblem on the front of your car or certain relationships or open doors, you know that it really really never gets satisfied. I'm always amazed when I read um, read interviews from super high achievers in society, people that have achieved things that really the the, the point one percent of society achieve. And maybe it's a it's a massive sports accomplishment. Maybe it's a massive business accomplishment. But when asked about how long the satisfaction of that accomplishment lasts, it's not uncommon to hear them say uh, a day, maybe two days. And then they say, then it just hits me, uh, life's normal. Life's normal again. And it, it just goes to show that they were seeking to fill an eternal need with a temporal solution. God has written eternity in your hearts, but that, why has he written that? He's written that there because that's meant to be like a homing beacon for you to find the one who created you. Let's not chase after the wind. And sometimes we forget that we have a longing because we've tried to fill it with something that's inferior, something that's not eternal. But also sometimes we miss that we have a longing because we try to escape from the longing. So maybe you haven't tried to fill the longing with success. Maybe you've tried to escape from it through entertainment, through substances, um, some of us through technology. Uh, We're we're trying to escape from the longing. The longing's there. We we know we can't satisfy it through success or through achievement or or through acquiring things. So instead, we just try to run from the longing. And I want to tell you the first way to posture yourself so you don't miss Jesus. You don't miss Jesus in a manger. That How can this be God? You don't miss Jesus in human form um, doing miracles. How can God put himself there? You don't miss Jesus on a cross who wants to sacrifice his life for yours. 
how can that be God? You don't miss those things because you first recognize, I have a longing that this world can't satisfy. And I just want to encourage you today, step one, just recognize. <sighs> just reflect. Oh man, I do. There's something in me that, that, that this world can't. Me. Number one, recognize. Number two, I want you to remove. Remove any substitutes. Anything that you've tried to satisfy that longing with, it's, it's time to remove that. Any, anywhere you've tried to escape. And yes, there is, there is a physical and practical removing, but I think what I'm talking about is on a heart level, that you, you look inward right now. You reflect on your life. You reflect on the year and go, what have I, what have I tried to satisfy that eternal longing with? And then you just go, man, I need to remove that. I need to remove that. This is what Jesus, the word Jesus would use for this, this idea of removing the substitutes is he would use the word repentance. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a big Bible word, but it's a beautiful word. Um, the, the, the original biblical writers, they spoke and wrote in Greek. And the Greek word for that word repent is the word metanoia. And, and it literally means to to be renewed in your mind, be renewed in your heart, be renewed in your person, and then to head in a new direction. And that's what, I, that's what I want to invite you into today. That first of all, you recognize the longing. You recognize your longing. Second, you remove any substitutes. And that looks like I've trusted in this. I've hoped in this. Um, I thought this was going to come through for me. I thought this was going to satisfy. I thought this was going to help me escape. But today, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn my back on that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set that aside, and I'm going to receive what Jesus has done for me. I, I can't be bad enough to be disqualified, but I can't be good enough to not need it today. Jesus is wanting to be seen by you, but seeing starts with wanting. So let's recognize our long. Let's remove any substitutes. And then third, let's reply. Let's reply. Let's reply to Jesus. Let's reply to what we're seeing, to what's been revealed. And I want you to reply with hope. You don't just reply with just this cold belief. Yeah, okay, Jesus was a real person. You reply with a hope in your heart. You, you put your hope in him that he is the only he is the only place that can satisfy. He's the only thing that can meet that genuine need that my eternity is in his hands, but also my now is in his hands. My success is in his hands, but also my failures somehow find purpose in his presence, that today I can be found in him. It's amazing. Hebrews tells us that anyone who comes to God must first believe that he is, and that's important. But secondly, we must believe that he rewards those who seek him. And that's what your reply looks like. You reply with hope. You recognize a longing. You remove any substitutes. And then you reply with hope. God, I know that you will reward me if I seek you. You'll reward me with relationship. You'll reward, you'll reward me with purpose. You're going to reward me today with knowing and being known by you. Imagine. Imagine if we could travel back 2,000 years to the people that missed Jesus. Imagine that the, the people that had a need. They, have, they had a physical need. But they, they just couldn't get their head wrapped around the fact that that really was Jesus. Imagine if we could travel back and go, you're, he's standing right here. He can meet your need. If, if you would just want him, you could see him. And if you could see him, he could meet your need. I, I just feel if I could just take a time machine and just 
for six months just travel around Palestine and just go, don't miss him, don't miss him, don't miss him. I would look at those that had physical issues and, and just go, he can heal you, he can bring healing to that. I, I would look at those who, who feel like they're disqualified, their past failures, go, no, there's no possible way that Jesus would want me. And I would just say, no, if you could want him, you could see him. And if you could see him, he would come into your life today. He would come in to your world. I, I would go to those who are at the top of society, like the rich young ruler who came to Jesus. And I would say, don't let your undeniable successes make you think you don't need him. He's here. <laughs> He's here. And, and, and I, I, I know the sense of longing in all of our hearts. I want us today to remove those substitutes and then to reply to the God who wants to reward us. And so that's what I would do if I was 2,000 years ago. But you know what? The amazing thing is we have the same opportunity today here in 2020 to say yes to God. God wants, God wants to reveal Jesus to us today in the middle of this season. And I want to posture us, Ramp Church, but all of those who are watching for tomorrow, the, the beauty and the gift that Jesus is to us, to see him and seeing starts with wanting today. I want to pray over you. Father, thank you for every person watching. For those that maybe today they're, they're wanting to see Jesus for the first time in their life, I just pray that you would reveal your life to them. And I pray, Father, for those of you that have served you for years, but they've gotten cold maybe, um, and they've, they've moved you to the category of tradition or, or faith, but they've taken you out of the category of, of, of ruler and leader um, of my life and, 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 and source of goodness and, and all things beautiful. And I just pray that you'd restore that place into their hearts. But Father, for, for all of us watching, I pray first of all that we would recognize our longing. And I pray second that we'd remove anything we've tried to substitute. And then we would reply with hope today, believing that you're a God who rewards. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. This is a great time to do that. Reach out to us. We'd love to pray with you. Um, and uh, you can just acknowledge, just right there in the chat, or send us, send us a message and go, hey, I'd love to see what it looks like to follow Jesus. We'd love to walk with you in this journey. So great to do this Christmas season with you. We're going to be meeting with you tomorrow morning for a Christmas communion together and a story. And I'm so excited to gather with you. You are loved. Talk soon.